Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Welcome today to another episode of the Pinkleton Pull Aside Podcast, where we like to talk about all things leadership, life, lessons, and we tend to do that in the world of sports and comedy and authors and music and a whole bunch of other stuff. And Today's edition of the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast is historic. It is historic for a couple reasons. One, we have more guests on this episode than ever before with three. One of them, she resides here at Rise FM. Well, I don't actually live here. That's true. So don't, I don't, I, I come here often, but I don't live here. One, Kathy Stoffer, who we'll hear much from her in a little bit. So we're in here together, which is dangerous uh, that we're both in studio together. And then third, for a number of reasons that's just not worked out, we have not had a woman on the podcast yet. We've tried with a comedian, we've tried with an author with a great testimony, and those have been put off. And today, instead of one, instead of two, we landed with three. Three women I greatly, greatly respect and know them on a variety of levels, deeply entrenched in many ways and in, in lives. And uh, so I've got Kathy in studio, and she'll tell you about herself in a minute. Tessa Stump on a screen. And same with Leah Sparling, and excited to have all three of you here. So, welcome. Hey, it's Thank good you. to be here. And, and I have met Tessa, but I have never met Leah. So, this is Leah and I's first chance yeah. to get to know each other a little bit. Leah's first chance with anybody is explosive. So, I've, I've been, it's been fun to introduce her to some people, and they meet on Zoom or they meet on the phone or whatever other way. And uh, it's, it's great. I'm glad that all three of you guys are together. It's, it's fun to know where that will go, and um, hopefully, some coffees and other things off this podcast with you guys. So let's jump in. So each of you will get, we'll go, let me think, we'll go in name order on the screen. We will go Tessa, Kathy, Leah. Love to get your three minute testimony, kind of what was going on before Jesus as he's kind of drawing you in and then kind of boom, you came to Jesus. And in that, give us a little bit of background about yourself, whatever you want to share, professional, ministry, burdens, passions, family, all that good stuff. So Tessa, get us rolling. Well, I would like to start by asking if I'm going to have to go first on every question. That's not not, work out. not <laughs> with me. I will mix it up. I'll throw you guys off curveballs, knuckleballs. They'll all be coming. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess my testimony, I think that I am a beautiful example of uh, Proverbs 22, 6, train your children in the way they should go. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in the church and I came to Christ as a very, very, very young child. And I think my parents modeled Christianity well. It wasn't like I grew up and realized, oh, there were all these hypocritical things that were not enacted in our home. And, you know, so I, I never had that you know, breaking point uh, with my faith. But I think, I think in my 20s, I definitely grew in the Lord just through, I think, two things, ex just experiencing my own sin a little bit more than 
we do when we're children. And then in comparison to that, being able to experience the goodness of God a little bit more. So I think my life has been, you know, Peter says to Jesus, we believed and we have come to know. And I think that's just been my, my journey is believing very young, but then, you know, just continually coming to know the goodness of God. So would you say in that test, it was partly just knowing throughout pretty clearly who you are and who God is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's a weird thing to grapple with when you grow up in a Christian home and it's hard to see that you're a sinner, like as a young child. But I, I think even as a kid, I, I knew that. And I think I knew that more and more and more the older I got. Mm-hmm. So, well, speak to your family life right now. You you got something you might need to share there about your current family life. <laughs> oh yeah. All the second part of that question. So I am married and we are expecting our first child in September. Boom. That's yeah. The thing. We're know, very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see Kathy's <laughs> doing a lot of motions and smiles. Yeah. Yeah. We live in Springfield. My husband was born and raised here for the most part. And professionally, job-wise, I implement biblical fundraising practices with faith-based organizations. So I work with The Gathering. The Gathering of the Miami Valley. They are a really cool organization. They connect men to men and men to God. Pause. You guys can just go. They're amazing. Like As someone who works tangentially with The Gathering, they all, I love how they... Um, really support men being faithful to their women. So as women on the podcast, like it is just, it's amazing to me. So I am a huge fan of the gathering. And what else do you do? Tessa? Yes. What else do I do? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what I do. Well, you got other organizations. <laughs> I mean, it's not just a gathering. Oh, what other organizations? Um, currently I also work with skim Springfield city youth mission and safe Harbor. Which is an outreach to uh, women kind of in need and broken and kind of coming back type of thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, Trauma rehabilitation type. I don't want to say just sex trafficking because not all of them have been trafficked, but sure. Sure. And my neighbor next to me right now, Kathy will give us hers. Then we get to, I don't want to say save the best for last because that would not be true, but then we get to hear from Leah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We'll see, huh, Tessa? We'll see. <laughs> That's a lot of questions. That's right. Exactly. Um, so my name is Kathy, and I also grew up in a house of faith, but I think my faith journey is quite a bit different than what Tessa described. I definitely never rejected God as a young child. Um, I accepted Christ around the age of um, 10 or 11. I don't actually remember how old I was. I remember the moment very specifically, but I can't remember my age. It's kind of strange. Um, And then I definitely did that walking away that you do in adolescence. And that lasted well into my 20s. Never totally disconnected from God or the church, but absolutely not caring about a life in Christ or what that would mean or what that should mean. Met my husband post-college. He and I went to college together, but never met. We actually lived in dorms next to each other and never met the whole time we were in college. Then met, yeah, it was really kind of strange. We knew a lot of the same people and never, ever ran into each other. And Wright State is where we went, so it's not a huge campus or anything, so it's relatively small. It was kind of odd. Met him through a mutual friend after college, got married. He grew up in the church as well, born and raised in Springfield. We ended up in the Urbana area, and so we just kind of ended up in my home church. And in because just 
the one thing, my one of the things, not the one thing, but my parents did such a great job of like go to church. And so I didn't even think about it, not going to church in my 20s. I just went, even though I wasn't really invested in a life in Christ. But of course, God's not going to let you sit there week after week and not do something in you. And so just there was massive changes in my husband and I through just relationship stuff and just through life stuff. We ended up having four babies in five years. All of that is what we wanted to do. So we have four kids really close together. <laughs> Tessa's like, what? She's just in her Tessa's first. face is like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm picturing being pregnant four or five years. <laughs> It was, it was. And then raising babies for 10 when you do it that way or 12 or 18 years straight. 22. Um, So our oldest now is 22, about to turn 23 and our youngest is 18. So now we have like adult children and God Mm -hmm. has just taken me on a journey that to describe it as incredible is, is not an exaggeration. If you would have known me in college and saw what I'm doing now, you'd be like, really? I don't really think so, but it's more and more me coming into who God created me to be and just opening up to that. So it's been kind of an amazing journey. I have been a youth pastor. I did that for 13 years at a church in Urbana. I'm currently not doing that, but I own my own business. I own a counseling practice in Urbana, and I also am the virtual campus director at my church, and I work here at Rise FM. I've been a DJ on the radio for about 10 years. Go Rise FM. Go Rise FM. We love them. And you've never been interviewed here, which is so cool. I'm glad I, I get never that been honor. Here. It's so fun. Yeah. Well, Leah, let's okay. hear from you. All right. So I similar have, you know, was raised by by God fearing, hardworking, you know, parents who did, you know, Christianity well. You know, if there was a thing, my dad was a, a missionary kid, and my mom came from very opposite backgrounds. So they brought that together and it was a beautiful mess. So I'm the oldest of four and I grew up in kind of that same, I went to, you know, Dayton Christian and checked all the boxes and life was honestly just peaches and cream and pretty darn easy. I ended up getting a division one scholarship to play volleyball. And that's what took me out of Ohio and put me at Campbell university, which is South of Raleigh, North Carolina. I went into broadcasting, similar to my dad. He was a news sportscaster in Dayton for years and years and years. And um, so I kind of wanted to follow that. And similar to my journey, I mean, you know, as a young Christian, knowing that I needed Jesus, I didn't have to go far, you know, to find him in everything, everywhere, all the time. But yeah, I would say my yuck was also kind of like there, but harder to see and harder to find until you're out on your own and you're at college making your own, you know, decisions. Um, I would say that's kind of when the fear came in. And so instead of moving forward in a broadcasting career, I got really scared and just was in the most ridiculous things and just didn't want to be like some broadcaster that was just a face without some substance. So that was the big, huge lie at the time that I was believing in my young life was that I really didn't have any substance. I was just checking boxes and doing the right things. So I switched from broadcasting to public relations and got a marketing and PR degree. And, um, you know, after that, I, I floundered for years. I ended up pregnant and, you know, in my early 20s, married the man. We duped it out for 10 years, had two kids and, um, and still just always band-aiding stuff, you know, and not giving up on my faith. If anything, I used it as a weapon. (laughs) 
against the people around me and um, especially my poor ex-husband at the time. So we ended up, you know, neither one of us really fully surrendering and um, divorced. I moved back to Ohio with two kids and in with my parents. And it was like I was 16 and with two kids, it was awful. <laughs> um, trying to raise two kids. It, it was really tough. The, the single parenting thing, again, was just another like layer of lies that I just really couldn't see. I was just not equipped and taught to believe that there'd be something I could think. And God had a different thought for that, you know, and, and how I could reconcile that. It was just like, I'm trying to do the right thing here and the right things weren't happening to me. And it just was huge paradigm shifts that I really, really needed. And I did not get those until in my thirties. And then it was like a deluge of information. I did end up reconnecting with a kid I went to youth group with. He walked into my Starbucks um, that I was working at back in Dayton after being divorced. And it was like the sky opened up, you know, and angels, oh, you know, he came walking in and he was, you know, this band nerd in high school. And all of a sudden now he was this grown up, you know, handsome fellow that I remember. And so we dated, he lived in Seattle. We got married. I moved the girls to Seattle which was fun. We had a child of our own. And now with three girls, we moved back to Dayton almost 10 years ago now. And that's when things really kicked off when you're like, okay, I need to learn how to surrender, you know, in a whole new way. And so that's what I've been doing the last 10 years is a really hard, fast repent and surrender learning more about what it really means to be a disciple and a disciple maker has been a part of my journey the last several years. Um, I was fortunate enough to start working for a sports marketing firm as I was going through a really hard time with my oldest daughter. Um, she was suicidal for a while, and it just brought me to my knees in a new way, brought me face to face with all kinds of things that I believed about myself or my parenting or my kids and what I had done and all of that. Sorry, Tessa, if this scares the heck out of you, but I promise <laughs> no, you're, you're it won't fine. be okay. <laughs> um, she's 19 now and, and doing fine, moved out of the house. But that tough time, it landed me at a company that was offering a cohort, was offering a discipleship cohort during the workday, which was a godsend. And to this day, I will be forever grateful for the Westerfields and for their company that offered biblical discipleship at the workplace. And so I took advantage of that. And that just led me to somebody else. It led me to somebody else, a year long, you know, cohort and walking through discipleship in a new way. And it really just made some paradigms. I remember sitting there, you know, as a 30 something, late 30 something at the time, thinking to myself, I can't believe I've not, I've, I've known Jesus my whole life. I can't believe I don't know this about myself. You know, what has it taken? What is, what is this? And how can I now tell everybody about it? So that, that just really put me on a, a pretty incredible journey. So at this point, I have a 19-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a nine-year-old, and uh, my husband works from home. I'm on staff at um, Southbrook Church in the Miamisburg area of Dayton, and um, yeah, my passions are finding Sabbath rest. <laughs> you know, like I'm, it's a search for it, you know, all the time. Philip and I are passionate about debt-free living. And um, serving has always been a thread. It's kind of always one of those little threads that's being weaved into my life as missions trips. And I mean, I'll be the first to sign up and go with Chris Horlacher and put shoes on kids' feet. I love doing that. 
I, I managed one bistro for a while. And that was like a serving opportunity Worked for her story house for a while. I just said yes to these opportunities that could give me exposure to things I had just not been exposed to, you know? So yeah, I'm balancing, you know, motherhood and we homeschooling our kids this year um, in conjunction with a cottage school and just waking up every day to say, what do I hear God saying? And what am I going to do about it? So I tell you what, we could stop right now. And I've gotten plenty out of this from all three of you. I mean, it's, I love to use the phrase, uh, Leah, you said beautiful mess. And I think all four of us on some level could probably relate to that, that phrase. I'm uh, going through memory lane here, which I do sometimes doing a podcast. I'm thinking about Tess and I meeting randomly at Starbucks one day because uh, now, now my board chair boss uh, thought we should meet. And it was not even close to what, our connection is now Kathy and I meet through her pastor who most people, if they know me and Brian would not think of us even having a relationship based on our personalities. And I love that you said one bistro cause that's how I met you initially, Leah. And then we found out, I know your mom and kind of slowly, but surely went from there and, and uh, you know, definitely yeah. feel very much with all three of you, a very brother, sister, significantly more than just words in Christ. And, and that really takes me to the next question. You know, I really greatly value all three of you. What, you bring to the table for people, for organizations, all three of you, when I think about introducing you to somebody, I know that person's going to be blessed being around you. So when you guys take a look at meetings like that, one-on-one with someone, a group project, a small group, ministry setting or whatever, and we'll, we'll go reverse order this time. Leah, we'll start with you. What's your approach when you go about thinking about what you can add value to other people with on a personal level, whether that's one-on-one in group settings, they just say, okay, I, I want to leave my mark here. Well, I will say what it used to be was just, I went into those meetings kind of for myself. I, I was like, what, because I, I think of my insecurity, I was always going to kind of prove my seat at the table, especially kind of as a woman, I always felt like, and I'm an eight on the Enneagram. I hope that's not, you know, too faux pas here, but anyway, I, I'm just super bossy and super, you know, out there. And I do feel kind of like one of the guys. And so when I'm in a meeting with a bunch of guys, I just kind of show up just like that. And that usually in the end, isn't, isn't all that great. And sometimes with women, that's not all that great either. And so I would say the one thing now, like that I've had to learn that I try to show up to now is a little bit of trust. Like, how can I build trust here? What does the trust look like? What does the mutual trust? Like if I sit and I listen and I just listen and listen and like, listen more than I talk, which is challenging for me, you know, is there a way to build trust? Cause I, I didn't do that initially with some of the teams that I've led over time. It's just been about what we do and accomplish. And I just have run over people. And so now what I try really hard to do is just how can I build trust? You know, how can I build relationship mm. with the person I'm about to work with? Cause the, the work will come, the job will come, the stuff that happens with the meetings will come, but like, does this person know, like, and trust me? <laughs> mm. How will they do that if they don't really know me? And will I know, like, and trust them? Well, how do I do that if I can't really get to know them? So that's probably what I would say now is the value that I want to bring is how can we trust each other? That's a great nugget. That's a great nugget. Kathy. And it's awesome. As I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, I had a word that popped into my head immediately when you asked that question and it goes right along with that, but from a totally different perspective. So I've kind of considered myself 
like a utility player. Like I can walk into a lot of situations and I can fit there or there or there or there. And so now that's how I walk into the room. I'm like, okay, there's Mm -hmm. usually a stated role. Like somebody says, I want you to do X, Y, Z. But often I find the stated role and the real role are not the same thing. And I have learned to do what you said, like, listen, ask a lot of questions, do a lot of discerning. And sometimes I walk out of the room going, oh, I don't really have a role here. Mm -hmm. Like they don't need me. They don't need what I have everybody else is filling that in and really learning to walk out of the room going, Oh yeah, this is not where God's going to use me. No big deal. Or like, Oh, this is where God's going to use me. And it's not maybe where whoever kind of put it together thought it was or what I thought it was. So really kind of putting my own agenda aside recognizing my skills and abilities and going, all right, God, do you want me to use them? Cause sometimes the answer is just, Nope, this is not for you. And sometimes, and when it is, it's so clear. And that's been kind of like the determining factor. Cause you just, when you're supposed to be there, God moves things out of the way. It's not that it's not challenging, but there's something else in it when you're filling a role that God wants you to. And understanding that God knows my heart all the time. He knows my desire to share his love with other people. And if, he wants to use me. I'm in, and if he wants to pull me someplace else, I'm fine with that too. So, Kathy, let's let's uh, lean on, on you a little yeah. bit more on this one. So, if it's one on one, let's say it's someone you're meeting for the first time, or let's say it's you know, as, as you alluded to before we got on here, you're close to my sister Betsy and our friend Christy Ratstatter. So, if it's someone like that where you know them really well, you're going into time with them. Where are you trying to add value? One on one, whether it's someone you don't know or someone you know well. What's kind of like okay, I succeeded if. So it's, it's different. Someone I know really well, I'm going to make sure they also add value to me. And I know that might not be where you were going, but that's what popped into my head. Someone I know really well, like if you're going to be in my inner circle, I'm going to need you. And I'm going to need you to be there for me from time to time because I frankly am probably like you two ladies as well are often there for other people. So when I'm meeting someone new, I kind of put myself in that spot. Like I am just here for you. What do you need? This is, I don't know if this is obnoxious or not, but people kind of have to prove to me that they're actually there for me. If they're not, that's okay. I am really fine with that relationship that if you just need me to be a supporter, encourager, mentor, I love that role. But if you want to be like my friend, then you got to be able to also put yourself aside every once in a while when I've got like junk and things to unload. Does that answer your question? No, that's great. No, I like that. It's And I like both of you kind of doing like... I wouldn't have guessed, Leah, you would go to trust as hard as you did there. And then you saying, hey, there's an expectation you're bringing yourself for me. That's great. Tessa, what about you with that? Whether it's group settings. I mean, we, we sit in a lot of group meetings together, one-on-one, someone you know really well, someone you're meeting for the first time. How do you leave there thinking, okay, I hit the mark there? Um, I think more than anything, I just try to listen a lot. I think my personality and my, my tendency is very natural for me to kind of evaluate a situation or or a room of people of whatever I perceive as the thing that is needed the most. And that's what I tend to lean towards. And I think, like, I think I can very easily kind of swap back and forth between being like, more detail administrative or like being more the creative side like I can use both parts of my brain that way and so the natural tendency for me is to spend a lot of time listening and trying to figure out what's already here in this room and then then I just kind of fit into what I perceive as the need being 
Yeah, mm. that's great. I, you know what I, lo I love just, and I think I've probably thought this about all three of you before, but just as you guys are answering these questions, I'm like, these are three very self-aware women. I mean, just, you, you just are good, bad, knowing yourself, how you function. And let's use that to go this way. So Carrie Newhoff, who I like a lot, says you can be great at only a couple things. Toot your horn here, and we're going to start this time with Kathy, then we're going to Tessa, then Leah. What are a couple things you're great in? And maybe put it through the lens of discipleship, since I know we all kind of gravitate, love that, in concept, where if someone was going to follow your example, they would do well to be great where you're great. Two, two quick things. Okay, so sorry. Not to like say no to Carrie Newhoff, but do you have, you all have heard the phrase, jack of all trades, master of none. Do you know that it doesn't end there? That that's not yeah, that has a whole other yeah it's jack yeah. of all trades master of none is much better than master of one um so but master two is better than both so there you go exactly right so we'll go carry newhoff and go two. master of two if i'm gonna do two things so i am good in the moment like i don't have notes right now and i barely read the questions that jeff sent to me a lot of um, respect right there by the way <laughs> I like I'm good in the moment like just I always say I have a, a sermon in my pocket like hand me a scripture and I could probably 20 minute preach on it I'm really good in the moment I'm really good at catching whatever's thrown at me even if I'm feeling a little ill-prepared and I think that I'm good at that not because I'm good at that but because that's how God designed me to be used by him I've been told this last couple years, stop prepping so much, stop planning so much, just let God use you inspirationally, move you. Um, and so is that one or two? I can't decide. I don't know, but I mean, I'll <laughs> highlight what you said, but I think about that award you won, Toot Toot, Kathy winning an award in a contest for the Nehemiah Foundation in Springfield, which is kind of a Christian, you know, united way. And I think part of why you succeeded so well was that, that second round you had to be on your feet a little bit and kind of think through what had already happened and step up no and, i wrote that ahead yeah of time. but you still yeah you still had to do it in a moment a bit i mean you had to adjust to who the other people were absolutely yeah so i think that is clear about you so tessa let's go with you and then we'll go to leah i think that i am very good at setting boundaries and i am only this is i'm sorry jeff you don't get to this is the only thing i'm going to talk about this is the only thing that I felt really confident was that I'm, I'm very good at is setting boundaries. And I think that encompasses not just, I mean, it's, it's true for things like, okay, I try to end work at five and then not do work on the weekends. And I think that's the thing we all think of immediately when we think about boundaries, mm -hmm. but it's so much more than that for me, whether it's social media. And I think that's another obvious one, but Andy and I both have a lot of boundaries with other things like me in particular, I'm, I'm very passionate about like minimalism and like not having so much stuff. And so we have a lot of boundaries on like what comes into our house. And I think I have boundaries even with people. I, and maybe that sounds bad, but I know that Jeff, Jeff probably thinks I don't have any friends compared to how much I mean, people, he knows, but I know there's only so many people that I can truly take care of well and pour into. And so I have quite a bit of boundaries of how many people do I know and how many people do I invest in? And, and I, I will say that this is not, it's not from like just a natural you know, just being like, oh, I'm just so good at boundaries. I, I think, no, it comes from like years and years of epic failure at things. And it's really just become like a survival technique of 
there is only so much that I can do and do well. And, and I have no desire to do more, you know, it, it just, yeah. You know what, you know, what's great about that. So I was, it's funny. I was reading, I've been reading this book, getting ready for a, another podcast that it, in, in, in it, it talked about, you know, one of my favorite verses is Matthew five thirty seven about let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I know I always tend to stop there. The rest of the verse says, whatever is more than these is of the evil one. So when you said what you said, I was reminded of that, Tessa, and uh, I've never heard you quite talk like you just did right there about yourself, but I thought that is two things then, because by you doing that, you're not giving Satan a foothold. So that's, you're, you're kind of doing two things in one there. So kudos to you yeah. that you're really limiting Satan in any kind of influence or taking you down crazy paths. And, you know, as, as Leah was talking about her passion, which I have as well for rest, you're just setting yourself up for rest and that being great at that one thing is going to allow you to be great at many other things. So yeah, glad I put the capstone on that sermon. All right, Leah, what do you got for us? Well, I would say that I tend to kind of be in a sweet spot when somebody is kind of, and maybe this is just also because of my current role right now, but you know, the team is saying, Oh, we, we have this idea. We thinking about da, 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 da. And almost kind of with that discernment and immediately I'm like, that sounds good, but what if you added X and then went Y and then they're like, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> so I can kind of, I'm good at, you know, that idea. I'm not going to be the person that makes sure that the event happens. I'm going to have the vision or the idea for the event and somebody else needs to come along and make sure that that happens because I'm just, but I am also kind of good at that problem solving and kind of editing. You know, I've been one of my favorite spots too, is to kind of sit in one of our lay counselors here at church. And so I sit with people in their, you know, their stuff. And because I'm passionate about them finding their freedom and their identity, you know, it's easy for me to help them walk through and tell them the truth. So, you know, I kind of play you know, that role, but I would say the editing of ideas <laughs> or taking a red pen to something and saying, this is good, but have you considered, you know, I, I really am the worst. My mom and I do this, but we can leave an event or we can leave a party or we can leave a wedding. And we're like, oh my gosh, I wish they had thought of this. Like, why did they do it? This <laughs> so, like, we're just kind of editors and it, it comes in handy sometimes, but we're not always everybody's favorite people, but we do kind of can critique and criticize sometimes, but I'm, that's, I'm good at that. I'm also really good at hospitality. Like there was a reason I worked at a hotel when, you know, at one point in my life, I'm the person you should have at the front door that says hi to everybody that immediately sees, can I help you with this? And something's off and tell what's, you know, and can I show you somewhere? And I can talk to you for 20 minutes as I'm walking you to the little, to the kids area, you know, and ask you a million questions. And then I probably know somebody that, you know, I'm a big networker. So I'm, I'm also the, the hostess with the mostest in a way. So those are probably the two things I'm good at. Well, yeah, we're going to be talking offline. I'm sure Tessa will be a part of this conversation because hospitality has become a big conversation. We had a huge part of our locker room group, which is our small group ministry of the gathering talking about hospitality today related mm. to the book we're reading. So we will pick that up with you later. And you know, one of the things yeah. that's neat about you, Lee, I, I love that. I feel like every time I'm with you, I hear you talk about freedom and it's not like it's cause it's, you know, some cliche or, Hey, I'm supposed to say this, but I actually picture you. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've literally pictured this before. Like you literally leading a chorus of people singing the old Daryl Evans song, 
it was for freedom christ set you free that i don't know if you remember that song by daryl evans years ago but that's a great yeah. song and i can picture you like leading people in that song and claiming it for themselves so um, yeah it just really it really just gets my panties in a wad that they get so trapped in a mindset and believe something that just is not true yeah. and and though i will say as there is a way though i mean christ frees them not me so that's the twofold of having that passion about that is and being able to see like when my kids are trapped in a lie or you know even i mean those are around me strangers people i know intimately trapped in a lie that they believe about themselves or others and i cannot free them for that yeah. you know christ can free them from that and that takes patience and a love and a compassion that for years i did not have i would just bludgeon people with their own issues so but Thank you do, you, but that does come twofold. But you do help usher that in, and I think you you're aware that you can help usher that freedom into other people's lives as God uses you. So, okay, now we're going to be super quick. We're going Tessa, Leah, Kathy on each of these. You got to be super quick. You've had them. If you didn't look at my questions ahead of time and didn't oh, respect well, me on that, sorry about fly. your luck. You better She'll be quick. <laughs> All right, favorite childhood snack or cereal? Tessa, go. The cheese dunkers that came in a little plastic. They were like sticks, and you oh, dunk yeah. them in the the nasty cheese whiz yep, stuff. Yep. Yep. You, you said that the other day, Leah, who's your, what you got? Oh my gosh. Cinnamon toast crunch cereal. Like That's cereal is my go-to. I probably ate so much of it as a kid. Oh my gosh. Yep. I've been doing a lot of that or golden grams lately. So lucky charms. Yeah. I was going to say dunking. I really did think of lucky charms before you said cereal. I promise. Yes, I'm not yes, yes. Lucky charms. That's it. We get a lot of lucky charms on here. People are saying that one constantly. So your good. favorite oh, book yeah. you most like to gift to other people. Tessa. Uh, Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. I've given a lot of that mm -hmm. one away too. It's great. Leah? Uh, same Kind of Different as Me mm -hmm. by Ron Hall. I mean, I just read that book and then bought a ton and always give it to people just because it's, it's such a good book. When the Columbus Gathering still existed, uh, Harvey Hook, my friend, future podcast guest, he brought Ron Hall to Columbus a number of years ago. Kathy? Uh, Crazy yeah. Love by Francis Chan. There you go. Okay, number three, this is important. Tessa will be experiencing this soon. Soon she'll experience this. Well, okay, probably a few years from now. But anyway, Leah and Kathy, you'll be veterans on this question. You're on vacation. You're driving. Traffic patterns. Somebody's got to go to the bathroom 15 minutes sooner than they needed to for you to hit this right. We're bringing a little mm -hmm. West Coast love into this question. You see on the exit sign these three places. Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, West Coast. I think Seattle might have it. In and Out Burger. Where are you going? We'll go Kathy first on this one. So I've never been to an In and Out Burger ever, ever. But Chick fil A, like seriously, Chick fil A. They got fruit, man. That's good. I like fruit. <laughs> Patrick Morley, who I had on here before, was the only person to ever say this. He goes, Next exit. Wow. <gasps> Crushed him. Uh, Leah, where, where are you going in that situation? Uh, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever gone off script, though. So you said Taco Yeah, that's hard to argue that. I mean, uh, Chick-fil-A, of course, but seriously, my girls would be like Taco yeah. Bell every day. Mexican pizza with sour cream. Let's go. Tessa, where would you go? <laughs> Plan ahead for us with the Stump family. Um, so we would go to McDonald's. And I say this because, well, one, Andy just loves McDonald's. He's weird picky eater from the 90s. Um, <laughs> but I have also never been to an In-N-Out burger. And I might get kicked off the Christian podcast for this, but... I am allergic to peanuts, so there is not a lot of stuff that I can eat at Chick-fil-A. So we mm. generally avoid Chick-fil-A, wow. not because we don't like them. We just, 
I just can't eat very much there. I think people that know that I do this know I love interviewing comedians. If I could only pick one lane to stay in with interviews, it'd be comedians. Brian Bates, who I had on here before, who co-hosts the uh, Nate Land podcast, kills McDonald's. He just, he's all about McDonald's. So, but kudos to Leah, first person ever say Taco Bell to a question that Taco Bell was not a possibility. Really? On a car ride? You want to get Taco Bell on yeah. a long car ride? I just question I want your like, husband on the here now. of that particular decision. Listen. You're pulling because over again real soon. I That's love what I'm saying. my kids. <laughs> yeah. I want your husband on here now. I want to hear about those it, car rides because there's some five minute bathroom stops them. later. Like, yeah, my husband would do something else. We all, I mean, and we've done it seriously. I mean, he would be at Wendy's. Yeah. I'd be at Chick Fil A. Wendy's. But I, my I'm, kids would be at Taco Bell, and so we just like, what's easier? And he'll get like the twenty pack or whatever yeah. that is. He just pulls it. He's like, okay, twenty tacos, and we just split them off. Look, and that's it. the car you don't care about anymore because Taco Bell in the car means cheese every place, like oh just everywhere gosh. and lettuce. I, you just cheese and lettuce. All right, so like <laughs> yeah, in three weeks, we're know, starting a new podcast. It. It's yeah. called Fast Food Traveling with Kathy Tessa and Leah. <laughs> So moving on to the next question, we're going to talk movies. So let's pretend this is old school. It's not streaming and you go right to what you want. You're switching channels. You're moving around solo with your husband, whatever. And you stumble across this movie. And no matter what's going on, you're staying. You're not moving. What movie is that, Tessa? Uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, the, the original with Patrick Dempsey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the original. I say that movie. I've told people plenty of times that movie is me. I'm the dork who wanted to date the girl next door. But and you never got that cool, so it really can't. I know, it's true. I'm Patrick Dempsey, the uncool side. All right, what you oh, got, Leah? I love it. Top Gun. I've never seen it. Yes. Not going to see it either, sorry. Oh. Nothing. Sorry about your luck, Val Kilmore and Tom Cruise. Look, that's terrible. What you got, Kathy? What? Um, I might get kicked off the podcast for this one. It's Dirty Dancing. I just, every oh, time, I'm yeah. watching it every time. <laughs> yes. I can't, and it's yeah. on, it's yes. on Go all on. the time. Wow. So it's, that's what it is. I can't believe I never knew this about Tessa because Can't Buy Me Love. That's a good one. I'm sorry, that movie is, it, how it's not, if there's a Hall of Fame movie and you got to wait five years for it to be over and then it's an automatic and I love that movie. So, all right, now here's the important one. We have great conversation about this. This is what's exciting about you three being on here. Your first celebrity crush. We're starting with Leah on this one. Who you got, Leah? Okay, so he's not really a celebrity, but he was to me growing up since I played volleyball. His name was Loy Ball, and he was from Indiana and played volleyball on the Olympic team. And I just thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. All three of us <laughs> I are- had a volleyball poster <laughs> of him that I took to college. I met him one time and he like signed a t-shirt cause my club team always played in Indiana and they were there. And so anyway, I mean, obviously I think that Tom Cruise was handsome and dreamy and everybody else on the planet, Brad Pitt, blah, blah, blah. But Louis Ball could play volleyball and he was amazing. <laughs> That's a song. You're writing a song. Handsome, Where are so. the lyrics to that? Lloyd Ball could play, or however he said his last name, could play volleyball. Um, yeah. You know what's funny? There's a new guy gotten involved in a gathering and he looks like a young Tom Cruise. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I'll have to, you know, anyway, we'll talk offline about that. But Kathy, who's your uh, celebrity crush guy? So it's either everybody or nobody, but here are the two names that popped in my head. I don't know what this means, so don't read too much into it. It's really <laughs> embarrassing. So it's either... These are the only two guys I could remember from the 80s when I was a teenager. Ralph Macchio or Richard Marks. Like, those are the two. I'll answer and, and for you. Together. Ralph Macchio over Richard Marks. <laughs> well, you, you don't get to decide for 13-year-old 
girls. That's right. Like that. That's right. So have you watched but, no, Cobra Kai? Machio, he was a crush. He, of, yeah. of many. Have you watched Cobra Kai? I, we started Cobra Kai, but frankly, I just it, I just couldn't do it. I uh, was like, oh, I can't do it. Johnny's the man. It. I got a I got a Cobra Kai T-shirt because of Johnny. I love Johnny. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh no, no. So that's that's who I guess the only thing that comes to mind today. Like a month from now, like a new name will come to mind. I'll text Jeff and I went. Yeah. I really mean this person. That's why Team Johnny, baby. Love him. No, Ralph. Tessa, what you got? Uh, I'm going to say Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. Oh, <laughs> my Sean. Gosh, I'm way too Sean. old. <laughs> What's his name again? No, the Boy Meets World He's is like, Ryder that's Strong. our timing. Ryder yeah. Strong. I know who you're talking about. Yep. Boy Meets oh. World, the best friend on Boy Meets World. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm I, the, I get you. He's just like the typical 90s with the swoopy hair. Yeah, and I get you. I mean, yeah. yeah. That was the show on, was that on Nickelodeon? No. no. Oh, it was on ABC. I mean, maybe yeah. it is now. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, wasn't there some, yeah, uh, somebody famous like on that movie. show? Was somebody famous uh, on her? The the main guy, Boy Meets World. Well, Topanga um, is Boy Meets World. <laughs> is Kathy Wikipedia here all of a sudden on Boy Meets Girl? Look, I watch, so, World? Much, I watch so much TV, it's embarrassing. Wow. So. You know what's sad? Here, I'm going to confess this to you guys. I've never confessed this on air, but so I used to do latchkey supervising at Snow Hill School. And I had kids from like 2.30 till 6 o'clock every day. And from 4 to 5, this was back when it was on TBS, somehow they must have had cable at Snow Hill. I made the kids have to watch Saved by the Bell for an hour. I'm like, I'm oh, chilling. Yeah. I'm getting paid, but I'm chilling for an hour. We're watching Saved by the Bell, and you have to watch it. So um, they learned also, a lot about it. shows Lopez are coming and, back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, now that you have access to them, and our kids are loving them, like Full Absolutely. House and yeah. – you know, I mean, all of that is just Cobra Kai. Let's yeah. just stay on Cobra Kai. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. All right, so let's I move on. About to- that, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten into that either. Like, I, I'd, re- I'd much be rather watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> I do love some Ted Lasso, by the way. That's well. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Let's talk about Ted Lasso. I know, later. right? So all the things we could get from all the wisdom we could get from exactly. Ted. Go watch the sixty minutes he was on there, and ahead of some other cast members, it was great. So, so how do you guys go about to get into some more meat here? When you look at your daily life and you think about what you're doing, I think both, all three of you, when you wake up in the morning to whenever you go to bed at night, I think you're looking through a gospel lens. How would you encourage people based on how you try to live that way and try to keep these to about 60 second sound bites? What does looking at life and your daily routine through the lens of the gospel look like, Tessa? I did not know where to go with this question when you sent it to me. So I was hoping that I would not get to go first. Kathy's ready. Go ahead. <laughs> we're, we're helping you out there, Tessa. I'm not really ready, but I'll go. The gospel is salvation of Christ. So it's the understanding that it's it's really more about compassion, I think, is how I live out the gospel. When I'm ready to judge, which is probably my instinct, when I'm ready to judge or condemn or say blah, 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 the gospel comes in and reminds me of that Christ died for me. Like if no one else existed on the planet, my sin would have been enough to send him to the cross. And my sin is ugly enough that his death on the cross was still been nasty and gruesome and terrible just because of me. So it really helps bring compassion when I would really probably instinctually do something else. Um, And then a lot of the jobs I do, I, I get to share the gospel pretty openly, which is super fantastic that I get to talk about the love of Christ and keeping that in the forefront of my mind is really um, wonderful, but it's most difficult to do probably with my family, like inside my own house. I could even think today that I was just a little bit irritated about something and I wanted to do one thing, but I went, Oh Jesus, that's not the right thing. And so bringing that, the truth of what's best in God, what's love in God, what's all this into the, moment 
Okay. Leah, how about you? So when you're looking at your day, you wake up, go throughout the day, the gospel is the lens you're looking at. What does that practically look like? Well, it is a gravitational pull uh, away from, you know, the flesh and putting Jesus in, you know, that moment. And so I think for me, I have this head knowledge and I have this heart knowledge. Well, I have heart experience, head knowledge, and to kind of try to meld them, you know, like even that yin yang symbol, I think about that all the time because I think it's just a pretty artistic picture of taking head and heart and putting them together to where one's not over the other and one's not more important than the other. They both play a role. And so because my gravitational pull is similar to you, Kathy, where I would say an instant, you know, has a fleshly reaction to it, there is something there in that moment. And so bringing the gospel really looks like a transformed heart that is both head and heart, whatever, let's just say maybe it's in my throat, <laughs> uh, you know, is the image of being, of taking both in consideration, something that I know, something that I have to, that I, you know, believe and then come to know, but, you know, believe and do. And then also something that feels like an experience, like what does my heart tell me about this? What does my gut say about this? But then I can also say, I know that God is faithful and I know that he loves me and trusts me. So it's that balance of knowing the things that I need to know and feeling the things and putting them together and put them, that in a sacred spot mm. that works out, you know, my, my surrender, my daily surrender to him. And that that's not literally the gospel, but that's how I try to sure. live out the gospel in my daily sure. life. Tessa? This is still such a hard question for me, and I don't think it should be, but it is. I think over time, I've started to see the gospel through different lenses. And I think the first thing that really started that was through talking to Wally Martinson and Mission Increase and some stuff that frames uh, the gospel through generosity and what does it look like to view Christ's death on the cross as a gift of generosity that we did not deserve as a payment that was made for us. And, you know, I think that that was, even though it wasn't something I didn't already know, seeing it through a different lens was just so impactful. And I, so I think daily I'm interested in seeing more and more of like, what are the pieces of the world that I don't see through the gospel? Like what, like that I'm just not realizing, I'm just not aware of it. And so I guess trying to figure out what are those other lenses that like, oh, this really is the gospel lived out. It's mm. just something I didn't realize before. Yeah. It's funny for someone who didn't really want to grab that question or take it or whatever. I feel like you, you responded well. So I'm already committing you guys. I, I told you I always ask more questions than we got time for because I'd rather have more and not get through it, but we're going to do part two. This has been way fulfilling for me. The last question I want to ask you because discipleship is so key. And if for some reason we never got back together, I want to know from each of you, when you think about, if we agree, there's Paul, Timothy, Barnabas type of relationships we have. When you think of older women, you want, because I've had conversations with all three of you about things like this, that you want mentoring you, pouring into you, investing in you, helping see you grow in Christ. And then younger women, and they may be peers, they may be all over the place age-wise, that you want to pour into. What are the things you're looking for in your pursuit of other women? We'll start with uh, Leah, then go Tessa, then end with Kathy. 
Um, I would say like right now, there are just some people, Tessa, I think your boundaries, I, that's just so great. I mean, because that's a fantastic thing. And I wish I had kind of grasped a little bit of that concept to, to uh, you know, focus a little bit more narrow on my, you know, relationships and friendships. And I just look for someone who has been through it, you know, who is real, who has really kind of been through some stuff and they have something to share out of that. I don't think it's okay for, you know, us women to button it all up and, you know, make it not share our imperfect lives. I think that does a disservice. So the women right now, you know, there's a couple like two um, that really feed into my life and I just spend a lot of time with them and I ask them a lot of questions and I just put myself in positions to let them feed into me. And then on the flip side, for someone that is maybe a little bit younger that comes into my life is just somebody that I just ask God to bring. And then it's just in that moment, whoever is my, in my purview right now, you know, and, and focus. So the 99 is equipped and good. Who's my one, Mm -hmm. you know, and Sometimes I want that one to be a particular thing or that, you know, to bring a friendship, but it's totally different. Like right now, you know, God's asking me for my one to be my particular neighbor. And I didn't really want that to be true, like, but it, it is my one. She's in my purview. She's right in front of me right now. And that's got to be a little bit of my focus, but, you know, I have spent some amazing time with some amazing women here on staff. And then I've had the privilege of doing some fantastic coaching with Nancy Beach, who was, you know, Bill Hybels, right. For a long time. And boy, has she been through some stuff. And so that type of experience just really lends to a wisdom when you get vulnerable. And I'm just super, super grateful. Yeah. Tessa. Um, Well, Jeff has heard me say this before, but I think, you know, up front, with a woman that would be pouring into me and even just in friendships, I look for people that don't really like me that much. How do you find people that don't like you? You're so likable. No, I'm not not, though. I'm not that immediately likable of a person. And so I think there's a little bit of, I, I just, I, I trust women more that are calm and not, so immediately ready to tell me how wonderful I am. And, you know, it's like, you just met me five minutes ago and and you think that I'm the best thing since sliced bread. Well, (laughs) eventually you're going to find out that I'm not, Mm. and that might not be Mm. good. So I think that's like probably a, just a very like surface level gut answer, but I would say that. And then on a more specific answer, um, a a female that's pouring into me, I like a mentor. I definitely look for somebody that loves, loves scripture and has knowledge of scripture and that I just know is not going to be someone that leads me astray or yeah. You guys aren't making time for each other when this is over. Something's wrong here. So Kathy close that part of it up. Um, so very similar to what Leah and Tessa have said when, except for a little, like Tessa is so funny. God just makes us all real different. And that's kind of one of the things that I thought here just a second ago, um, because really I need someone to tell me how wonderful I am. I'm not kidding. Like (laughs) that is just really, Kathy's wonderful. Thank you. I did a sermon a couple weeks ago and I told 300 people like I, I'm a hog of positive affirmation. I just, if someone's going to pour into me, I have to be able to be a mess 
and be completely the junk that I am and still know that they have unconditional just regard and love and all that just willing mm-hmm. to sit in in the junkie willing to accept me for who I am but also willing to challenge me that there's something else so it's not just that blatant like you were saying Tessa you're fantastic it's you're fantastic but let's take a breath and see where God might want to work in this kind of thing and um, yeah. I like to be challenged and I'm a, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I'm impulsive and I'm quick, but I have, a, I have both wings. I have six and eight going on. So I have a lot of this stuff on the table. So it's hard for me sometimes to find someone who's really going to challenge me. And I've had to learn a little bit on where there are women who will. I just need to slow down a little bit and give them a space to do that. And I've found some really amazing women that way. So me being able to be vulnerable and just really be who I am and as a woman who tries to lead things, I don't know if you've ladies experienced this, you feel like you have to hold back a lot because if someone sees who you are in the room, especially if there's a lot of men in the room, they may or may not be comfortable with what that is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been my experience. Yeah. And so if I can get with another woman where I can just be like, Pleh. and if I can, honestly, if I can get with guys who are like that too, they're very valuable to me, which is why Jeff and I are friends. Cause I can just do that. But when I'm mentoring someone younger than me, it's a lot like you said, Leah, I just wait and see what God puts in front of me and then kind of use that discernment of, Hey, is this the right match time-wise? Is this the right, right match? Yeah. Just spirit wise is, is this the right match? Because I love doing that I'm a I was a former youth pastor and this summer I've been inviting my former youth kids to my house because they're all adults now mm. who are married and kids and all this stuff and I want to stay connected wow. and kind of keep that so cool. that connection going love it yeah. well uh time is up we got to go I want to respect you guys' schedule and this is not like an author who's got a book and we'll tell you where to go I'm going to tell people if you want to know about any of these three they're like a triple layer club sandwich that you need to partake of. I would be more than glad. <laughs> That's for, weird. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. I was thinking I'm hungry. So maybe that got me going that way. But uh, I know plenty of people who would hear this who would need to know any of the three of you. I really hope you guys connect beyond this. So Jeff GMV for Gathering Miami Valley at Gmail will get you to me and I will get you to them. And ladies, this was great. I've, I always say this is a blast. This may be one of the funnest ones yet. And I hope you'll agree that this was not it that you will look at the script next time of where we're going, Kathy. Look, did I answer Tessa every question, ladies? It. Did I answer every question? Yeah, we'll do I a part she two. did great. I'm a seven. Fine. I'm a seven I, on the Enneagram. We don't look at the questions ahead of you time. You guys, a snack at cereal and pizza podcast will be fun when you guys come up with <laughs> I can tell there's something you guys will do with the podcast and food later. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you guys being on here. And as always, have a great day, folks. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.